Hi, y'all. We are so excited to have the Oscar Central podcast back. We took a hiatus to regroup, and we are just so happy to be back. The site has been doing so well. We just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has supported us over these last few months. We're so excited for the way everything is going and to see where the rest of the season takes us. For anyone new here, Oscar Central is a website and I guess also a podcast exclusive for women and non-binary film lovers, writers, podcasters, the works. My name is Kinsey Venunu, and I'm the editor-in-chief of the site, and I'm here today with Jillian, our awards editor. Jillian, how are you doing? How does it feel to be back podcasting? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm so excited to be back podcasting because we've had such a, like, I don't know, whirlwind of the last few months. I can't remember when the last time we podcasted, but we were not doing this well. Um, so it's, been, <laughs> it's been really fun to kind of return return to the form because we've been talking about it, I feel like, for so long and now we're back. Yeah, Jillian and I have been hanging out real life, hitting everything up. And um, unfortunately, we could have had a great podcast going if we recorded our conversations in the cars from two events screenings whatever like walking the screen like everything but unfortunately I don't think everyone would be able to listen to the wind the Kevin Costner podcast we've been listening to get like copyrighted yeah (laughs) Kevin Costner sues us um but we're really excited to be back I we have a great team working on the site that we're really excited about but today it's just the original duo um, but before we dive in, talking the current Oscar season, everything going on, I just wanted to reacquaint listeners or get any new listeners familiarized with our taste. So Jillian, what are your current top three films of the year? No pressure. I actually just changed one of them. <laughs> Even though like we were just talking about this last night um at three I have Ferrari um just because I have just been really internalizing on it um I do think it's Adam Driver's like best performance to date and like we've been talking I really wish he was in the five for actor I just think it's just such a brilliant performance of what he's able to do I think the film I love like a true story um and I love how the film with like Michael Mann kind of breaks it down to his own thing and focuses on like just this family dynamic uh, with like these ties into masculinity and like the dream. And I just think everything about it is so gorgeous. And I just can't, it's one that I feel like I'm, I'm kind of surprised at watching it. It's like one that I feel like I could watch multiple times uh, just because like the first time watching it just really took my breath away. And it's been one that I'm like, loving uh so that one I just moved it from four to three because I just feel like it deserves so much love I love that so much um what is your number two my number two no surprise is the killer um beautiful got this poster in the background (laughs) (laughs) um I again this one David Fincher one of my favorite filmmakers of all time uh I was excited that he was coming back um I read the comic I thought 
he did this film so well. I think it's some of the best editing, cinematography, sound design. Like there, it was such an immersive experience in what they were trying to do. I actually think it's such a funny movie, even though it like is so deadpan because just like with Michael Fassbender's character of like he's telling us I just can't think stop thinking about like the first five minutes where he's telling us how good he is at his job and then he like messes up not not once but multiple times throughout and I just think it's like really funny to play with like the audience of um he's giving us like his mantra to make himself feel better but it's like actually not the truth that he's just like really kind of a pathetic man but Michael Fassbender just like there's something really seductive about how he plays it even though it's just like he's wearing khaki and I think this is one of my favorite Michael Fassbender performances like he's just so perfectly cast and it's just like so enjoyable it's just like a movie that like you can kind of just turn off and watch like everything happening um and I and recently like digital films have really been lacking and this one just kind of also sparked and I think Ferrari shot by the same person like it just shows like digital films can look cool uh and so this one was great and then my number one is no surprise is Oppenheimer (laughs) yay I, I love this film so much I also was thinking about how it's one that like even though I've, I saw it in July and we're in December, it's one that I continue to learn new things about like every single day. Because uh, I feel like so often in award season with like the films we love, it's like talking points are so much like regurgitated. And like this one, having like the opportunity to talk to a lot of the team behind it, like has just been like so fulfilling and rewarding and also just such a fascinating like film that I think is going to stand the test of time um I just love everything about it I think it's such a great story about humanity and government versus science and I just love it so much even though it's probably like a horrifying film because of the subject matter but there's just something about it that I just can't get enough of I love that all the men all the men I really love it though um my top three you know i keep changing because so i've had salt burn at number two basically since i saw it when did we see it like august like september yeah so i've had it at number two since then but i took it out oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i just breaking news (laughs) breaking news i just think that um yeah I don't know I I still really love it I just I don't know I'm not feeling like the emotional connection to it that I'm feeling with everything else in my top 10 so um number three I also have Ferrari yay I think the way that Michael Mann explores like the confines of masculinity and like what it's doing to Enzo Ferrari um is really fascinating and it's really funny it's actually a really great pairing with the killer because I feel like Enzo Ferrari is made to be like everything he does in business is so precise and like he puts a lot of thought into what he's doing even if he makes a decision on the fly like he knows every single possible repercussion for what he's deciding yeah his personal life like there is no thought or anything going on I like I it's crazy and the way that Adam Driver plays him is so fascinating and it's really brilliant like you were saying and um yeah, I just cannot talk about Ferrari enough. I can't wait for everybody to see it. 
over Christmas with their families, room room. It's the like event Christmas of the holiday season. Yes, that's what Adam Driver said on SNL, and he was right. Um, my number two is May December. I really love it. I grew up, unfortunately, a major fan of People Magazine and tabloid culture. So the exploration of the way that we, not even just we audiences, but like the way actors and storytellers kind of like consume tragic real stories is really fascinating that we just like have zero empathy for subject matter um and we just don't treat them like humans um and then Natalie Portman has always been my favorite working actress but what she does here is just so out of her normal wheelhouse and then Charles Melton standing out in between these two best actress winners is really crazy um Charles Angels as we call ourselves like we are here we are gonna get him nominated um but yeah absolutely love May December it's on Netflix now if you haven't seen it um and then my number one is Priscilla I it was one of my most anticipated of the year and I was really lucky to have seen it I think I've seen it not three times it is just such a beautiful film it really feels like a memoir truly brought to life and she did such a great job capturing the tone of the of the memoir and just like every single thing that priscilla was going through like capturing it for the screen to experience it as a memory it feels like and to really put yourself in the position that she was in and just like the time of what they were going through and like how different it would be now um and Kaylee Spaney just giving like my favorite performance of the year. It's a really subtle performance, but she does so much. And I was really lucky to speak with her. And she's the best. And she should be in the conversation more. Um, but yeah, those are our current top threes. I hope that, I don't know, I hope we have surprises for people. Like, I hope it's not too, too expected. Um, I feel like our ones are like expected, but like but too the rest. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah a shuffle a shuffle um but so because you've been off the air for so long I didn't really want to go through every single thing that has happened that is too much but we've had LA and New York announce their winners we've had the Gothams announce their winners the film independent noms NBR and AFI winners so I thought the best way for us to talk about as much as we wanted to um, was to kind of go through our current predicted Best Picture nominees and, like, where we see them ending up. So what is your predicted number 10 right now? Um, I'm predicted number 10. Like, how do I read? My predicted <laughs> number 10 is May-December. Okay, that's also mine. Um, I think that its biggest shots are original screenplay for Sammy Birch who Jillian interviewed so you should read that on the site now Um, but I think the screenplay is something that everybody's really talking about so I feel like that has a lot of momentum Um, and it was the runner-up today at LA so I feel like that's a it has the momentum going and I feel like a lot of people are shocked when they realize Todd Haynes didn't write it. Yeah, because I, I even with um like for the last few films he hasn't written and people are always like 
Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. But and it's like I, they're all such Todd Haynes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like also the way the cast has been talking about the screenplay is really like giving it like a huge boost that like Natalie found the script and then like she it was like the first time Todd was like, that's a great script. Like, yes, I want to do it. And then like he sent it to Julianne and Julianne was like, I have to do this. And then just like Charles being brought in and like him like doing um recording himself and then doing the chemistry test. I just feel like the script is really what like got everybody on board for all the pieces to come together. And I feel like they're all just like speaking so loudly honestly about how well Sammy's like very first script just is this like monumental piece of writing um and it's just like it's really quotable but it's also really heavy it makes you have like these intense conversations after you see it and it's kind of like hard to like go back to normal after you watch it and that's like the power of her script so I feel like that's probably its biggest contender and it also kind of feels like if it doesn't get into picture it could be like a lone screenplay nom like that yeah would make sense yeah Um, I think because it was on like the blacklist I think with like writers there's a lot of uh support around it um and again at what you're mentioning like I love uh reading any type of interview with everyone on this film because it always is that story of how they were all just sold on this script and like how it like was the role of of what a script does it was just such an indicator for like every single aspect of the film and I feel like you rarely hear like the script having that much power um over so much from like the shooting location and like how they want to do the cinematography and like how he envisioned the score and like the influences that Todd Haynes pulled for his like little vision book he makes on every film like I think it's just so fascinating what an emphasis there is on it and like seeing it pop up so much has been really exciting because it just didn't get like blindsided and washed away when it went out I think people are really like uh identifying that this is like a once in a lifetime and it's also like a debut script too which is like insane yeah it's like it's really shocking when you hear that it's her first script for like a feature just because it feels so confident like she has such a nuanced take on like media consumption and also just like everything with Charles character like um like the way I don't know it's and it's also you talked at length about this but we don't really get like two-handers with women like in like powerful positions that often and the way that Sammy just like wrote these women and um Charles's character Joe is just really interesting and Every conversation about the film like leads back to the power of the script. So I feel like that's the nomination that feels like it makes the most sense. And then I think Charles Melton also is just so he won Gotham, which was the um they only have like one supporting category for um to keep it gender neutral. And then um he won New York supporting actor. So he's really just like <laughs> He's he got out there first, which I think is really important because he is kind of not unknown, but just like in this realm, he's more yeah. unknown. Um, and I think that like they've done such a great job of like uh, Kyle Buchanan from the New York Times interviewed him, and he's just kind of been like 
everywhere at the same time when he was picking up all these wins and then more nominations um and every speech he's given has been so great and Julian and I were really lucky we got to go to the LA premiere where um Todd Julianne Natalie and Charles and Sammy were all there and just the way he spoke about like working on the film and working with both actresses and Sammy and Todd is just like really endearing and just like there's so much love for not only just acting but like working with this team and I think that's all you really want with someone who's like new to the Oscar campaigning and all of that um and he's also like we all fall they all fall into the Lady Gaga if there's a hundred people in a room where you hear the same story over and over again but even if he retells a story in an interview, like he tells it in a way that's really like, I don't know, it's really normal. And like, yeah. he's not telling a story to like tell a story like he he's so earnest in the way he's speaking about the experience of making this film and everything that led to him getting to this film. And the way he spoke about Riverdale is really enduring. Jillian was here day one because she watched him on Riverdale. Like she had the vision. She if was just was... waiting for the project to manifest for Charles Melton if there was something I called this season that's like not like Oppenheimer and Barbie it is Charles Melton in this film and the zone of interest which were both at Cannes and I was like these two movies and like Charles Melton like and now look <laughs> she knew she knew um I do think that screenplay and him feel the most yeah. likely um Julianne Moore I feel supporting actress just feels I don't know I feel like anything could happen with that category yeah like I think every year it's like there's there's a equation <laughs> where like it could be really good and solid and like it never ends up being that and yeah. it's like it's so all over the place right now where it's like Julianne Moore like it's very much a possibility like I don't think it's like counting I don't think there's a good time right now to count like anyone out. Like I wouldn't be shocked if like they read her name that day of it. Especially like she's a former winner for lead actress, but like she like she's Julianne Moore. Yeah. And um I think that like with supporting actress, a lot of it really just like depends. Are we getting two color purple ladies? Are yeah. we getting one like are we getting Viola Davis in air or was Jodie Foster sneaking in like there's so much I feel like it's like Danielle Brooks and Devine Joy Randolph feel like they're in and then Emily Blunt as of now feels yeah like, I don't even know about Emily Blunt <laughs> she just feels like she's either in but in? not winning or she's yeah. not in like yeah. I don't know or maybe she I don't know but I, I just want to yeah, I do want to say I don't think we're going to see, like, multiple nominees from the same movie in a category this year. Interesting. So that's Interesting. where I feel like possibly Julianne Moore or, like, a solo nomination like Jodie Foster or, like... Rachel some- McAdams. Rachel perhaps? McAdams. Like, something, something's going to be in there. Um, Jillian and I want to shout out um, Maura Tierney for The Iron yeah. Claw. She should absolutely be in this conversation. Um, and I put her in my predictions lower, obviously, but I want her in there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say 
And then Natalie Portman kind of feels like lead actress is just an absolute bloodbath. Like I, I, I feel like I could put 10 people in. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need, and not even 10 people like I want in. Just like, I feel like there are 10 people like that could end up. I don't know. Um, I do think Natalie Portman is like in the conversation. Yeah. It just doesn't feel, unless like, if May December is overperforming, like we're recording the night before the Golden Globe nominations, um, and May December was announced it's campaigning as a comedy yet. Um, <laughs> the Golden Globes, which I understand. Okay, the Martian. <laughs> I understand from a campaigning perspective to get nominations, but I don't agree. Um, Jillian and I famously after the uh premiere of May December were like, wow, that movie made me cry. That was so devastating, <laughs> and we were told we were wrong and that it was hilarious. Um <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, but um I think that if May December like overperforms throughout the season, I'll probably keep Natalie Portman like in my five or hover at six. But as of right now, I'm very she's there. I just don't know what's gonna happen. If it were up to me, she would be in, but like yeah. for now, she's 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 in the ten. She's in the the ruffle. It's a film to me where I'm interested to see once we get to the more industry things because i we're seeing it popping up everywhere and i don't think i mean i would put it places because i liked it um where i'm like i'm like is it just really good outreach of making sure that from that slate of movies that they had that everyone saw this one movie because there's another movie that is a little bit higher on the list that hasn't been performing as well as I thought it was going to be. And I thought that was the crown jewel. So it's very interesting. I mean, every studio you see like a flip and what they thought and what actually is going to like hit people. I think May, December is a very culturally relevant film. I mean, like we're still kind of in that era, even though it's kind of a distant past, but it's also some a conversation that keeps on happening. So I feel like there it kind of, hits more people that can also be just like normal people or people in the industry so I'm very curious to see like how it plays within the industry because I just think there was just a really good job of the outreach of it and I think everyone just loves the actors in this so much that it's like how are you going to deny that like Natalie Portman gave a great performance and like I mean, I think there's a world where Todd Haynes gets into director, possibly. You know, I think there's, I think the possibilities for this film are like endless. Yeah, in the, I offline categories, especially there's like a big conversation about how he hasn't been recognized like as a director. So I think that, um, especially like we'll get into director in a bit, but like director kind of feels like there's like two that are like absolutely certain and then it kind of feels like there's like five names in the mix for the last three spots and I definitely think he is one of those um directors in the mix um but yeah I really wish that we could get the editing for this film in contention but editing just feels very uh very locked not locked up but just like there it's top heavy like there are there are big flashy editing um in contention this year so what is your current number nine for i have american fiction at nine that's a great pick um i'm really excited for american fiction 
to I think it comes out in theaters this Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for more people to see it. I know a bunch of people that AMC did like a early screening on Saturday for, and I know a lot of people who actually saw it. Um, I think that one's gonna be a really big movie that people I think it's gonna be the movie I thought the holdovers was gonna be that people take their family to see over the holidays. Yeah. And I think that it'll play really well with a lot of people. Yeah. Um I think for me. American fiction feels like adapted screenplay is like its biggest yeah like secure nomination um the screenplay is just so sharp and I haven't read the source material but I've heard it's like a really interesting adaptation of that um but and Cord Jefferson's just so amazing to hear speak like we saw American fiction at AFI and he was there and he was just so incredible to listen to. And um, he's a great person to have on the campaign trail, like talking about his film. Um, and then I think Jeffrey Wright is kind of like, right now I have him at five and I feel pretty good about that. I feel like he's one of like three people in rotation for the fifth spot, it feels like to me. Um, but. You have him at three. <laughs> oh, you put Bradley Cooper at five? I have an explanation once we get to Moistro. Wow. Um, I like I went to the the in-person press conference for this film and just like that whole cast in a room is truly unlike anything else. Like again, like how you mentioned, like for Jefferson. Because awards season is really about getting people in these rooms with who they need to be with. And, like, the way Cord Jefferson speaks about this film and, like, how his own um, experiences, like, informed why, informed a lot of decisions and, like, why he decided to do this as his debut feature, like, another debut feature, uh, was pretty, like, I don't know, he's so, he's so articulate and like such an intellect in the way that he speaks about like how important this story is first of all for how we kind of critique culture within medium and just like this cast he was able to put together with like Jeffrey Wright and Sterling K. Brown and like Tracy Ellis Ross like Jeffrey Wright and I think Jeffrey Wright is an actor that everyone respects and is also I think I think long overdue in the terms of like recognition for the amazing work that he has put in uh, throughout his career. This one too, we often see him in more dramatic roles and he takes like a full pivot into comedy and like more emotional and sentimental. And I think it's just like a performance that a lot of people will be able to, in a story about a fam another family where people will, will really be able to identify with and relate to. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, you watch him and you're like, it's Jeffrey Wright. Like he, there's a reason he's like one of the biggest actors working right now. And he's just so good on this. It's It was such a, it's kind of like how like Paul Muscal last year, like he was such a surprise from from TIFF and like after Sun. And I feel like this is really the film uh, that probably has more leverage because like we know the people in it and like nobody knew who Paul Muscal was really um so i feel like that can also help kind of take it up and it's like may december like the way that the actors talk about the script is just like it wouldn't have been what it is without core jefferson like writing and helming this yeah and um 
I also feel like Jeffrey Wright has the conversation about like he's been in like so many supporting roles over the last like few years where you're you were kind of like waiting for him to have an opportunity like this and he really is just so incredible in it and I feel like he makes it look so effortless but when you like rewatch the film you're like that is a that is not like this character there's a lot going on at all times with him um and then the supporting cast film independent ha- also has the gender neutral they have one category um but both Erica Alexander and Sterling K Brown were nominated um and I I think actually like Sterling K Brown feels in contention supporting yeah. actor is just very <laughs> very top heavy and there's like two people that I personally wouldn't put in my own five um that feel like they're secure for nominations and I feel like that's taking up a lot of space for me um I would personally put Sterling K Brown in I I want to keep him in the conversation and I I we I think we both predicted him for the Golden Globes tomorrow if you're listening to this it's going to be after the nomination so I hope he got nominated (laughs) um but I think that um one he is a very well-known person in the industry um but he does so much in this film he's hilarious he is heartwarming he is devastating like he has everything going on and Erica Alexander she is so beautiful in this film like she is so like welcoming and just like has this presence about her and like the her presence with Jeffrey Wright's character it's just really amazing to watch on screen and um, I was really excited that she got recognized by Film Independent I don't think she'll pop up in the supporting actress race um, but I think that like this film will be a really great SAG ensemble nomination oh my gosh, if it gets in there um, but it's worth it's like Personally, I would like to see her recognized. I don't think she's in the mix, but it's exciting that she was at Film Independent because who knows, maybe maybe something could happen there. Um, so, and then anything else for American fiction? I feel like the score is really... I like the score. The score is fun. Yeah, and maybe like film editing. Um, I'd probably put him at like 12 or 13 and direct director just feels so like top heavy with like um people like Scorsese and Nolan and it's like I'm but I feel like I feel like he'll get some debut director recognition um yeah we'll see it would be cool if he was able to get in there I do think that this film will be like a really big holiday watch and i feel like people who have screeners this is when they're gonna fire up with their families for sure yeah um so i think that this one will just honestly grow with the possibilities for it um i don't really think it's like that many below the line possibilities um it's, it's just like we're in this year where we have movies like society of the snow and oppenheimer and killers of flower moon and zone of interest that feel like they're kind of like taking over the, I kind of put American fiction and May December in the same like yeah like category. writing acting yeah. director picture um so your number eight <laughs> my number eight is a little known girl known as Barbara 
Barbara. Bar- Barbie. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Um, what, was her, what was her name in the? What did her, she choose her last name in the movie? <laughs> when she gets a name, when she's like, "I'm Barbara." Isn't it? Um, isn't it like the founders list? Yeah. A <laughs> um, well-known girl known as Barbara. Barbara Handler. Barbara uh, Handler. Uh, I haven't seen it in so long. I want to rewatch it. But um, I think the movie is going to be quite big. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, I still think it's an original screenplay. Everyone, I think can, it is too. Everyone can argue with me all they want. Well, um, also, I, they sent out these nice little books, so we would know. Yeah, they put yeah. a lot of time into these, so that that was my instinct. Like, oh, they're pushing it. Original screenplay. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's original. You can argue with the wall if you disagree. This is a podcast. You can't yell back at me. Um, I think that Greta is in the mix for director. Like I have her at nine. Um, I think that if she gets like DGA, I'll think about it. Um, definitely original screenplay. I don't have Margot in the mix. I think a lot of people do. I'm I'm unsure of that. Um, I think that America Ferreira is possibly in the mix for supporting actress. I'm not really there yet. I think she's probably like 11 or 12. Um, but I think Ryan Gosling is in. <laughs> I would not personally put him in. I'm very sorry. Um, but I do think he's in. I think that like, them pushing I'm just Ken really means he's in. And I think that there's a lot of conversation about his performance. And I think that every few years, we kind of get like a really good comedic performance nominated. And I think that he really fits that slot this year. And I also think that like, it's a good like, like complimentary nomination if I'm just kind of gets nominated. Like, yeah. You know. They nominate both. Like you're gonna nominate the song, but not the person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that it gets costume production. Uh, mm, I'm not convinced on it's like things like cinematography or film editing. Yeah. Um, I'm not putting it this, there. The score feels not in contention to me just because. I feel like it's reliant on like its music, even though the yeah. score. I do like the score. I just don't think the way the other scores are utilized that are in contention are utilized is so different. Um, yeah. but for song, I think there's a real possibility that we get all, all three. three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what um, I would. Say. I I'm unsure, uh, but I think that Billie Eilish and her brother are getting their second win. <laughs> I yeah. think that I'm just Ken is in um i just feel like those the barbie soundtrack was like monumental and um those songs really took off and they're still in the like they're still leading a conversation on their own and i think that's really critical um i have barbie much higher in picture Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not convinced barbie could win picture i just think that i think it's there i think it's like undeniable that it's in yeah yeah and um like the way that I do my rankings are like most likely to get nominated to least likely. And so I know that Barbie 
is like in and i just think barbie's picking up so many nominations but i'm yeah. not convinced it could win picture i don't i'm not on that train yeah i am not really on that train i think their priority is probably screenplay uh screenplay and song feel like their biggest like they could win and possibly ryan gosling well i don't i don't think it's like i think it's just he was there like i don't think it's a priority i think that like if the campaign because we know he's um being honored in santa barbara i think that like if that trickles out to like this huge campaign then i'll start to believe he could win it's just like right now i'm not i think it could have a really good night at the golden globes for yeah especially because it's like in comedy and i feel like it could just like dominate especially because supporting actor is not broken out by comedy or drama but i think that like there's a way a a realm where it's like really overperforms it's just like it feels like kind of a titanic-esque movie where it's more about the technical and the screenplay versus like the acting like I, I mean, I think America Ferreira also is a possibility now that, like, she's been moderating every single Q&A they've been doing and, like, just everywhere. Um, it's not my favorite Margot performance. And, like, I watching her actors on actors was, like, I think she all... I don't think that's a priority for her. I think she'd rather get the producer nomination. Um, and just, like, I think the way that she talks about the film and... It's just like very helpful for a lot of the other categories. Um, I do think it's a very hard performance that she pulled off, uh, watching her kind of speak more on it past like just what we think about Barbie, but I don't like I don't know. I don't I just I think she gets in with like a bunch of critics stuff, but like I don't think she lands in here, and that's totally fine. I don't think that is I think it's more a priority for to get that picture nom um and like in a world where it could win even with like director like I think it's Greta's in the conversation but I think it's like they they know this is a screenplay yeah I that'd be so cute for Noah and Greta to accept together yeah I would love that um yeah I definitely think it's like the biggest contender for original screenplay and song and I think she's in the mix for director I'm just like kind of waiting to see like if the industry confirms that um so your number seven um i have the holdovers um this one again is really i think it's a critics movie i think it's i want to see again a more of the industry type of response to it um i personally love paul giamatti and i think a lot of other people do and i think that's a great I think going back to like best actor in that lineup, it's like if anyone's going to have like a quote unquote overdue narrative of like celebrating someone, I'm like, ah, it's like Paul Giamatti. Do I want to watch him get an Oscar for this role? Absolutely not. But I think like now that the SAG strike is over and getting to hear the actors from this movie, it like I still don't like it, but I can understand like I think the actors in it are safe. Like I don't have a problem with the actors. Um, I think this one definitely we're gonna say Divine is a front runner and we're gonna see her everywhere. Um, in a world I would love Dominic Sessa to be in supporting, and I think now that he can campaign in person, like helps a lot. I think he just does something in this that is so different for a young actor and it's his debut performance. 
Um, I hate the screenplay, but it seems like the screenplay is a given. Uh, I don't think Alexander Payne is in. I don't think it's like, I don't think this movie works because of anything that Alexander Payne does, to be honest. My um, my biggest <laughs> thing with that is the director's branch really loves him. Yeah. And th- that branch just always... He just feels like such a weird, like... And, you know, the allegations. We you know. And the allegation. Um, I think this one could surprise with an editing nomination. Even I do, I too. I hate the editing of this. It, I... Watching this movie made me rethink how movies are edited. Because I was like... Do you know where I, I saw this? Somewhere, somewhere it popped up in cinematography. And I was like, it's just grainy. Do you know where I saw this? I saw this at the hospital. At the hospital? Um, I saw you... this where we saw the Iron Claw. And then I watched it again with my family to see if it was like... Maybe it was just me. I don't think the performances are bad. Like, I think the performances are safe. It's everything else about this It's the screenplay for me that just does not work for me. I am not a fan of this film whatsoever. But my thing is, I think this is a top three feature contender. I think think, uh, Alexander Payne is, like, in the same area that Todd Haynes is, where he could just, like, pop up and direct her. Um, Especially because Alexander Payne, unlike Todd Haynes, has the... The branch absolutely loves him. Um, yeah. Why? I don't know, but they do. Um, like, the election was so good a hundred million years ago, and it was and that then, we never rewarded. Um, I I also just love like Paul Giamatti is the perfect person to be on the Oscar campaign. Yes, like he he's just like every time we see him doing a Q&A for this movie he's just so calm cool and collected and just like it's so authentic and it's so natural and it's like he's the type of person that like you want to root for even like I don't like this movie but I'm like I would be perfectly fine if we were like Oscar winner Paul Giamatti is he my favorite like in the ranking of my best actors no but like he would give a really good Golden Globe speech he would but I just don't like the movie. Uh, I, think, I think it's Dominic Sasso's movie, and even in the in the, I like, I also the, really think that they are co-leads. No, in the original thing for this movie, I was reading about it. They're co- it's it says they are co-leads. And I'm I like, has um what is that guy's name on Twitter that does the screen time analysis? Has he done I don't this movie? He's done it, but okay. I was like, it's also We've, it's also they need to rename it the holdover because there's one man. That Spoiler alert! <laughs> um, uh, I feel like his name is Matthew. Matthew Stewart. We need Matthew Stewart from Gold Derby, the expert screen timer. I'm sure that Dominic Sessa has more screen time than Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Um, but I love Dominic Sessa. So n- read no- Jillian's interview with Dominic on the site now. No bad um, vibes to him. We're we're huge honestly. Supporter. They're like my only bad vibes are Alexander Payne. <laughs> but I think that it's a top three pitcher contender. I think that Alexander Payne in the shuffle for director, I think it's in the shuffle to win original screenplay. Um, I think that Paul Giamatti is in for actor. I'm unconvinced he's in contention to win as of right now, but I think he is in for nomination. Divine, I think up that night. He he'll be there. <laughs> He will be in his Sunday best. For anyone um, concerned, he'll be there. <laughs> will he be blue? I don't know. But maybe his mood. <laughs> um, uh, Devine is definitely 
I think it's her Danielle winning. Um, yeah. uh, supporting actor, I have Dominic Sessa at ten. I think he's going to pick up a lot of debut or youth performance yeah. nominations. Um, but I think he gives when that, that was my only positive note on the film when I left was um, absolutely loved him and that Darlene from True Blood was in the movie. Um, I it, who did the score? uh i don't know i don't have it in my 10 i don't have it in sc- i don't remember the score yeah but you know i don't remember the fableman score and that got you in. mean the silence John <laughs> um i think that maybe if that picture's been editing nom i would like i do think it's gonna get an <laughs> editing nom um i think that like there is a world where maybe it's in like some um period nominations for uh costume and production design and maybe yeah. just like if you know remember when power of the dog started picking up like random ass nominations and you were like what is going on here that yeah. could happen i really like i'm so serious that could happen um and i definitely have it in film editing because i just feel like it's like i don't think it's winning film editing but it's i feel there. like it's there they're showing up they're showing up sunday night they're showing up sunday night um but yeah um this is you're, reserved the way that i hate this movie i'm like it's contending top three <laughs> um that's my life man that's my life no this is the only movie in my best picture 10 that i do not like and that never happens to me i'm usually like one of 10 so we're just living life this year um your number six my number six is maestro and i Uh-oh. i'm just kind of confused on like what is happening with it because it's it's out it's not on netflix yet but like i'm confused where the priority is especially among critics because i would have imagined it being popping up more in a lot of things like especially below the line um and like more stuff for carrie mulligan and like more like i like bradley cooper's everywhere bradley cooper if Bradley Cooper used to be somewhere, he's there. So I'm just kind of more confused on what the priority of this like slate is because May December, May December is in like the middle of nowhere. May December is getting like nominations. Like Maestro felt so good for I think like the coastal cities for LA and New York. And like I just don't know if like the priority is CCA for this to get nominations. And like that is the group that is going to bring it somehow to the top at the Oscars. Like, I truly don't know, but I have never been so confused on a strategy because, like, months ago, you would have been thinking that it would have been Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, and, uh, oh my gosh, and Barbie. Like, because I think Maestro's real, like, competition in technical is obviously, like, Oppenheimer, killers and now poor things and barbie and it's like i'm not seeing it being taken seriously on the same level and i don't know if it's because like no one's able to see it or like where is it playing but it's just like i i want better for this movie like it's it's not my favorite but i want better because it's obviously six years of bradley cooper's life went into this and where's the performance in these groups where is it let me tell you welcome to being a mini cooper welcome um when a star is born came out in 2018 decades ago decades um 
you know, it was the front runner. He was going to win lead actor. He's going to be nominated for director. Uh, she was going to win actress. It was a picture contender. And then uh, that movie walked away with original song and nothing else. No director nom. Um, this is our life as Mini Coopers. Um, just his movies are always too front heavy uh, in the conversation. But even when this movie premiered at Venice, the conversation was not um not what i expected i thought it was gonna be a bigger reaction and it was kind of quiet like even it wasn't that people disliked it it was just kind of like it was good and like there was nothing more i do think a large part of that was unfortunately the strike going on yeah and that he wasn't there and carrie wasn't there um but even now i just think that he really wants it and i feel like it stresses people out myself included stressed out <laughs> but i think he just um i don't know i just think that this movie isn't what people really thought it was going to be i think a lot of people really thought it was going to be a biopic and it's not at all and it's very much more of an artistic film compared to a star is born um yeah. i think that is really catching people off guard a bit but i always really thought this movie was going to be an industry movie and not a critics movie yeah um so i'm really interested once the industry awards come out for it um i still have it i also have it at six um i'm curious i don't think it's a screenplay movie but original screenplay just feels not as packed as normal um yeah i so i where do i have it in screenplay i actually have maestro at six um but we'll see. I just think that this movie is more of a technical nomination player and then an acting. Like, yeah. acting, I do think it's contending for wins for yeah. Carrie and Bradley. Um, it just kind of depends on how it's received um, with the industry. Uh, but we'll see. I, I mean, it's like the performance is very much what academy members tend to go for especially with lead actor um and i think that bradley and carrie both have this conversation about them where it's like they've been nominated so many times and like when is a win gonna happen um but they're both not old so i'm not sure why we're tripping ourselves up over that but if i do have to see bradley charles cooper become a 13-time nominee with zero wins i I will need someone to come check on me. Um, But I think this one, honestly, I feel like its biggest contention to win is Bradley for actor. I'll be very curious if he's able to break into director. I personally would give him director over actor. I think like his direction here is one of my favorite of the year. I think like the shot, and this is not a spoiler at all if you haven't been able to see it in a theater because it's in the trailer the shot of Lenny's um conducting over like conducting a shadow over Felicia is just one of my favorite shots of the year and even people who are low in this film really talk about his directing and Maddie Libatique's cinematography um but I think that cinematography just feels like Oppenheimer and like poor things and that's kind of like it um but I do think that this is like a really technical player and then like Bradley's performance and Carrie's performance feel lead actress feels really competitive that I do think 
unless somebody sweeps all the industry awards i think that like that sunday we could be like i don't know what's gonna happen um which is my favorite way to watch the oscars so i hope we continue on that trail um i think this is in the mix though for like film editing sound yeah production design maybe um costume design maybe mark bridges former winner like the works um making those conducting suits and just like all of carrie's pieces and like yeah i think it's really and it's like so many periods also um and his hebrew harvard sweatshirt we love um and then obviously i really think this is the biggest front runner for makeup yeah (laughs) um and who knows last year i wanted that makeup actor pairing and uh i didn't get it so we'll see we'll see um your number five is very interesting um I have anatomy of a fall and I she's like let me fix this <laughs> listen <laughs> I again another campaign I have no idea what we're doing here um I think it's just I need to ever I know we love anatomy of a fall I just need everyone to stop awarding it in international category or the international feature because it's really messing up this entire category because it's obviously not eligible at the um oscars uh this one in a perfect world it could pick up picture director um screenplay editing actress i think it could easily land five nominations if people are feeling like spontaneous um i think sandra oh my god like the argument sequence like I think a lot of our leading actress contenders, like, they are the movie. It's like Sandra is this movie and so much relies on her. I also think, like, out of a lot of international features, like, this one is very easy for, like, anyone to watch. Like, it's very digestible. I think the way that Justine writes this, like, courtroom lens on a marriage, like, literally, like, anatomy of a fall, anatomy of a collapse of a marriage, like is just something that is very intriguing and very innovative and I think could easily land in an original screenplay if we want to be bold and not be passive and choose the holdovers. Um, I just don't, like, they won at Cannes and and then they're just, like, I think they just got too comfortable. This is the issue I've had with all of these international or independent studios during the strike when they were, like, I mean, they were doing something. Anatomy of Fall was doing something. Some other people were not doing anything. And it's just like, there was just a real opportunity there. And because it can't compete in international feature, like it can't just be like, that is the that is the, the default award mm-hmm. to put it somewhere. So it's like, they really, I think once that was announced, they seemed really serious about getting it in multiple categories. But I don't know. Like, I, I'm just going to hold on and hope that like, once we get more into the industry like they kind of take hold on this like they did triangle of sadness um but it's like also hard because like it's either it's honestly either this or zone of interest that picks up the international spots um but like i think justine would be such a sick nomination and screenplay and director and obviously so i feel i just took anatomy of a fall out of my picture predictions i mean i still have it 
like at 12 and who knows i could change it tomorrow um i think that screenplay and um sandra for lead actress feel the most likely to me and i could see this being a screenplay and actress nominated film and that's it um but i do also think there's a world where justine gets into director i think that it could still break into picture like i really think it's up there um this would be a great film editing nomination um i and like you were saying this feels really accessible like a lot of people were talking about it that it feels a lot like a hbo kind of mini series like similar to like the staircase but good um uh it feels like a really great um and it's funny because like i don't have this in my top 10 films of the year and people get really mad at me and i'm like no you don't understand like this is one of those like i think i tweeted this that it's just like there are like 50 films that are one of my top 10 this year just feels so yeah great um I think that this is one of like three films this year where I'm like, do you see this with your spouse? Um, I think that you don't. I don't know. Like, I don't want to watch this with my husband. Um, the it just feels like such a real portrayal of real people, like the doubts that people have, the arguments that people have. Um, I just think that it is like such a great movie that like i feel like maybe it goes over not over people's heads but i just feel like people it's the same thing we were talking about where it's like jeffrey wright's performance feels so effortless and then you rewatch yeah. it and you're like this is so like there are so many layers to it and it's like the same thing with justine's directing and the writing and um i don't know and even like sandra's performance like obviously we were talking about this argument scene that unfolds but i feel like she's walking this intense line because like even the marketing is like did she do it or did she not yeah. do it and it's yeah. not like a murder miss i mean it kind of is like a mystery of who did it when you're watching it but it's not really like a typical like murder mystery like agatha christie kind of movie yeah. like and like the her performance is so interesting because it's like it's really complex and not just like something you've seen and like a story of like did she murder her husband like it is not like that um it's really fascinating but I do think Sandra is in because I just I really I don't want to say undeniable but like she really does feel like that like yeah it hits so many notes like her crying in the car is like you can just feel like the unloading of all of this weight of all the stress and just like I don't know it's it's such an amazing performance but I do think it's like in contention for picture, in contention for director, it feels in for original screenplay. Sandra feels in for lead actress. And I feel like if it has a really great day, it gets in for film editing. Yeah. I'm unsure of anything else because it doesn't feel like it's funny because like the house plays such a big role in the film. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like a production design kind of movie. No. Um but I do think um, Swan Arlo, the hot lawyer that we all love, oh um, in a perfect world, he would be in a conversation. But most importantly, Milo Grenier. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, I should have looked up how you say it. My God, the, like, I'm pretty sure he'll be a my supporting actor lineup. Like, I don't yeah. even think, I think like youth performance is kind of insulting to what he does here. 
Yeah. Um, he is incredible. And like in a just world, he would be in talks for a supporting actor nomination. Because yeah. I do think it's really similar, honestly, to the year of Jacob Tremblay and Brie Larson, where it was like, I don't know how we're having the conversation of Brie Larson without Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. And it feels the same way. Um, what he does is so impressive and like we saw this at Beyond Fest together and like we both were like that that is like one of my favorite performances of the year and like that was in like October September and I still feel the same way like he is amazing in it Um, but him and Sandra are just some of the best performances of the year but I think she's him and I don't think he's in conversation at all he'll pick up a lot of youth performance nominations probably wins deservingly so but he should be in the hunt um you're number four i'm excited to talk about because i'm finally seeing it this week yay um i have the zone of interest i have had this high up in every single category it can be in since can because i just have a lot of faith in Jonathan Glazer, he's one of the most influential, I think, filmmakers in my whole trajectory of film. Like, and Under the Skin, I think, was a big moment for me of just understanding, like, just so much about how film works. Um, and so I was like, this is this is the one. And I think there's just so much, like, possibility within the below the line for this film that from like cinematography that's the same like it's just like so many people that are we love their films already so I'm like obviously there is an awareness to these people and these could be like sneak in like I think for cinematography there's always like one to two really wacky like nominations that have nothing to do with like you know like I mean this could be best picture and also get cinematography but I think that's where people get really daring is the cinematography category because cinematographers like what are they doing and that um, branch often goes international like yeah war so yeah. I think that's a really good call and I think this is the cold war guy so I'm like obviously um I think like editing uh production design uh Micah like his scores are always literally insane and I think like that is going to be I think we're talking about like for scores we're all, we're all like oh Oppenheimer now Killers of the Thar Moon I think this one is really going to like triumph be the one that can triumph both of those um and I think like Jonathan Glazer like for screenplay I think if anyone is going to upset like Martin Scorsese like it's Jonathan Glazer and I think there's going to be once this film finally comes out I think there's going to be such a like a surge because this like anatomy of a fall like can films and may December like still holding on and we're in December like I think that just speaks to how relevant like all three of these movies are I don't know so much about like if it gets in performance like maybe Sandra is a double nominee because we don't know what's happening in <laughs> supporting actress but I think like this that's could be actually a really good, good call out because the year that Scarlett Johansson was double nominated supporting actress also felt very up in the air yeah and then it made kind of sense um Zone of Interest today, once again, we recorded the day before the Golden Globe nominations, um, but Zone of Interest won Best Picture and Director at the LA Film Critics Association. Um, so um, former Oscar Central contributor before we made the switch uh, to women and non-binary only 
Adriano, he's been very up there about zone of interest being a big critic player and then it would continue and i feel like he was very right to be he consistently kept saying like it's gonna happen and today he's proven right um it had a big day because the boston critics big group big also day. went for it um for director but and uh also screenplay i feel like screenplay yeah um yeah. so yeah, I think Zone of Interest, um, and I was talking to my friend about this uh, off-air, but it's also very frustrating that this movie comes out during Hanukkah. It does not feel like a movie I want to see during Hanukkah. I'm kind of stressed about it. Um, but I feel like it is a very timely story, and it's important to like the events of the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that people see it. And I like you were talking about Jonathan Glazer. He has a real way of like, these unintentional movies like they don't feel like they're supposed to be like talking like obviously this is a bit different because of the subject matter but he always sparks a really intense conversation um with his filmmaking and I think Mika Levy specifically uh like Jackie like that's my favorite score to listen to um like they built this like world together because like the under the skin score it's like you're so consumed by it that it's like you really sink into how heavy what is unfolding is. And I have not seen the zone of interest yet. I read the book, but I heard the book is not like to say funny, but I heard it's like more humorous than the film is. Um, I'm really, and it's like the book is more like focused on like the family and just like their conversations. So I'm really interested to see the unfolding, but um, the LA critics group also awarded uh zone of interest for sound and yeah. Um, the score but they gave a special shout out to Johnny Byrne the sound designer and I feel like that is something that everyone since can has been talking about so I feel like that one is creeping back up um I have this at eight for picture but I do have Jonathan Glazer at three he yeah. really feels like the international slot to me and Jonathan Glazer you know like birth and under the skin have like they always had a real conversation about them like when they were going on it was just like not movies that were breaking into the oscars um but this feels very different i also think this is the front runner for international feature um yes she has a prop um but uh international feature i think sound and score really in contention sound is really interesting because we have movies like ferrari and maestro and oppenheimer and society of the snow and me and jillian's favorite john wick chapter four where like sound is like something you go to the theater to experience and zone of interest feels like one of those movies where the sound is like part of the storytelling but it's not like the average cinema goer is like like, wow the sound in this movie (laughs) so um it's really interesting um, and I also think that like your fave, the killer, could be like a standalone sound nominee. So, but I think if something like that happened, or like John Wick or Society of the Snow, which is another international feature contender, um, I do think Zone of Interest would fall out. But I do think Zone of Interest is in the conversation. I just have it at five for sound. And then I also think that it's in contention for adapted screenplay. Adapted screenplay just feels really yeah 
overwhelming. And everything I've heard about the film is that it's very different than the source material. So I'm unsure if that helps or hurts it in adapted screenplay because, you know, 96 years going, I still cannot figure out how they decide if it being super different or super similar affects its chances. Um, But we'll see. I do think it's like, like I have it at eight in picture. I just think it kind of depends on like if the critics run continues since it picked up today after being kind of shut out of everything. Um, yeah. If that continues and if the industry really rallies behind it. But I do think it's like a really important film. I just think there's a large part of me that wonders if people are too uncomfortable given like everything going on if they want to like go seek out a movie kind of like exploring the themes of what's going on um but we'll see I really do like I've seen all Jonathan Glazer's movies in theaters and been like these are the best when they came out and I would just love for like one year for him to yeah break into yeah I think I really think this is the year I hope so I hope so he I think I see a path for him I hope the path continues. I see it um, happening. So now we're in the top three of the best picture contenders. So what is your number three, Jillian? My number three is Killers of the Flower Moon. Big surprise. Um, I think obviously Marty is undeniable. I think he's just in. I think this is for me, like, I didn't like The Irishman, so I think this is, like, and I think there's a lot of people that felt that way, and I feel like Killers of the Flower Moon feels like a step up for Martin Scorsese, but also, like, a refresh for everyone for, like, what he's capable of as a director, like, going into more of a Western and telling this, like, very important story and, like, cementing it into, like, American and world culture after, like, years of denial by people um I think like everyone he works with is they're just like a solid team so it's like I wouldn't be surprised if this goes across the board um I don't think it's winning picture because I think there's like I think it's there but I think as it has come out like as it's come out and more people are having conversations about it there's like a lot of like just conversations about the perspective of this story and just like flaws with it and like I think it's relevant in what's happening now but also like at the same time like personally I feel like it would be a weird it would be both a good and a weird win because of just like how people from um more like indigenous backgrounds have been talking about their feelings around it but I think it would be like I think it'd be great representation if it was directed by an indigenous director but I don't think it would have gotten in unless it was like Martin Scorsese um I think Lily really blowing up steam right now and like shocking us with a lot of not really shocking but like kind of taking it away from people we thought were front runners for actors like especially like Emma Stone like now just popping up in a lot of the conversations even though Lily is not the lead um I think this is my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance I think he's he's either there as like just you know that one nominee that they're there or people are just like okay like let's put in like Barry Kilgan's not going to get in, but like, you know, like maybe like Zac Efron, you know, Iron Claw, like something like that. Like, that's the only reason I see if he's subbed out. Um, I think Robert De Niro's out. Like, goodbye. Like, 
I think he's just gone from supporting actor. Like I would put in Jesse Plemons. Um, adapted is I the same thing from the Zone of Interest because they te- they changed a lot of the screenplay from the book of changing the perspectives around. So I don't I don't know how I feel about it there. I think again it's in. Um, so the cinematography, like Rodrigo Prieto, is really getting a lot of steam too, in places that Oppenheimer's not winning um and he's doing like he's going to like so many things right now I just think like for cinematographers I think they can pick up like what he does with the camera work and I think it's really smart of how he uses camera movement and these very like sobering visuals that are very horrifying um and and it's like something you don't really like I don't think a normal moviegoer is gonna be like oh my god like where are the lights? Where where are the the flares? Where's the Sammy Fableman like Steven Spielberg flares? You know, um. So I feel like it's like definitely a cinematographer's like they understand. So I think it could get in there, and especially like he did Barbie and then this because I think he I think he's literally like the next Roger Deakins in terms of cinematography. So it's like I think this would be a big moment for him for nominations to be battling it out. Um, the sound, we love the sound team from Killers of the Flower Moon. They yeah, really did something please, here. Please um, make sure you read Jillian's amazing interview with one of the sound mixers, Mark Ilano. Um, As someone who edits every interview on the website, it's one of my favorite interviews ever. This man is so informative, has the best kind of conversation, the best humor. Him and Jillian are besties, like just the absolute best conversation please read it it's amazing i think what he did here with like we're following these three point of views and creating three different sound waves and also just like these again we're we're watching very painful moments and i think like i haven't seen the zone of interest yet but i feel like there is similarity with like how much the sound is going to inform you about these like activate something deeper than just like the visuals um editing obviously like icon costume design i think possibly i, I think, think i think just because yeah. she's such a legend and then also um they worked with so many osage yeah. consultants and designers on the um film um cassie one of our writers she interviewed jacqueline it's on the site now but i think that like it really tells a story especially like you're talking about with the sound it kind of complements that like the white men who made their money off of all the Osage people and then like the new white men coming to town and then the Osage and like also like their wealth kind of like deteriorating in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I rewatched it, I noticed that too. Um, it's, I feel like it's very similar and I just feel like Jacqueline is like such a, a name and that really goes a long way with yeah. the guild. I don't think it's like winning. I think like I don't think costume is Barbie yeah. versus poor things, but I think it's there. I think it's, yeah. and I feel like we don't really have like a big. I mean, like we have poor things in Oppenheimer, but they're not like, cost like costume period like gowns and stuff. Yeah, and I feel like we need something with like gowns and like yeah, where are like, the gowns? Like, there's no war movie really. Like, I know Oppenheimer is about a war, but it's like not like 1917. You know, like, yeah. and we need something with like of that era and i feel like that's killers of the flower moon this yeah. year i also think i want to note to the whoever's handling this campaign that i think they're doing a great job at highlighting all the craftsmanship surrounding this and not just like leonardo dicaprio and like 
Marty and I think Marty and Leo are doing such a great job at like boosting the platform of Lily and of the amazing team that they worked with on bringing this together and I think it's just like something really something important to note because it's like not every film will do that and I think this one and also just like the Osage people in general and I think they've been doing such a great job on like including everyone that worked on this movie and not just making it like the, the Marty show, show yeah. you know yeah. so I think that's just really because it's important because like sometimes it's like you go to these and it's like they're just talking they could have just talked about Leonardo DiCaprio for like yeah I honestly hours. feel like everything he's attended also he's kind of felt like Lily's plus one yeah in a way like he really is like using his superstardom to like not be the center of attention which I know he he doesn't really enjoy being like the spotlight obviously he's more private than most actors feel but he's really done a great job of like like leo and marty of not only letting lily be front and center but like a lot of like the crafts people and just like all of the osage consultants and they had so many and even like the osage consultants who weren't fans of the film have been like also in the conversation a lot i think that's really honestly beneficial to the movie because it's like they're not hiding anything and they're letting a real dialogue yeah there's a real conversation and that's honestly why i keep having like i still have killers right now i have it at two in picture um i think like you're saying i don't think marty wins director but he's obviously nominated and i do think he's in the hunt for a win like if the industry shifts for some reason i think it's to him um i think the screenplay is like number three i think it's really and i think because it's like a non-fiction book i feel like people won't be that hung up on the way it was kind of shifted just because it's like from a non-fiction source material um acting it's weird like you were saying like leo feels in but like he's not winning it's the exact same of like once upon a time in hollywood where it was like one of his best performances and we were like we're not giving him an oscar like he's there he's just not getting it um i also took bob out i have him at six though and i do feel like if poor things falls for some reason i'll put him back in um i just feel like maybe his performance is too subtle like he missed for the Irishman, which was yeah. also another subtle Martin Scorsese film. Um, I don't know. I mean, like he could just be in, and I'm overthinking it. I don't know. Lily, I think is the front runner to win lead actress. Um, yeah. I think that I was kind of waiting for the industry to show that at first, and I had her at number two for a really long time. And. I don't know. I just feel like she is the killer of the flower moon conversation. And that kind of feels like the best way to reward the film. And I think that critics are seeing that. um, And maybe the industry will too. Um, It'll be really interesting to see if like her real stride continues with the industry. Um, But it's great that the critics have really rallied behind her. Um, I think that (laughs) score feels Honestly, in the mix to win, I think it would be a great way to honor his legacy. Yeah. And they've all really spoken about score. that. It's a great score. It really tells the story. Um, like you were saying, the sound is also we where love do Mark. I have sound. We love Mark. We love the sound team. I have it at four just because I have movies that are like more focused on the sound ahead of it. But I do think it's like in 
Um, the cinematography, I have it at four, but I'm probably going to move it to three yeah. when I make my changes. I think that it's in for costume design. I also think it's in for production design. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if it gets into visual effects and makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is like one of the biggest contenders and... I think it's worthy. It's not one of my favorite films of the year. I think I have it pretty, like, in my 12 to 15. Um, it made me cry a lot. The ending is very powerful. I just, like I said, this is a great year for film. And I feel really lucky that this is in the mix. And like you were saying, I do wish an Indigenous filmmaker was able to make this film. But I think Lily Gladstone has spoken about this. Like, this is going to... Martin Scorsese making a movie on this budget yeah. and in this many theaters and an IMAX yeah. is really going to open the doors to more indigenous people telling stories because now there's like sh there's proof there's a we want to see them and people yeah. will go see them um yeah. so I really hope that that comes about and I think Lily Gladstone uh, like we're just really lucky we're really it just lucky. has like with this it's like the, i feel like this is one of the few like big films this year where like especially on the critic side like it feels like they haven't been weird about it like yeah like they want people to see it they want you to have a dialogue like you could have critiques on it and like people are fine with that like they really there's a respectful conversation yeah. around the film yeah. and i think it really stems like you were saying from like the way the campaign's being run the way the actors and filmmakers are talking um and yeah we would be remiss again to not throw out jesse plummins again jesse like Plemons. talk about talk about a supporting performance like he's so good he's so good at this his little calculating mind like he just pops up he delivers the performance of the decades and he, he slips out and he has on where is he we don't he went to the gucci gala haven't seen him since also, um, Tatanka means yes. the most beautiful man on film, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for his next film, the 24 little pop star. <laughs> um, yeah, but so your number two film opened this week in limited release. Our favorite film of ever. Four things we Four love it things. so much. Um, this is also one where I'm like, I think it's performing well now. Um, with like critics, but like I'm kind of shocked at like Emma Stone not being as a prominent. I think she's in the conversation, but I'm like shocked at her not being as like much of like i mean it's a film you watch and you're like emma stone second oscar i love her collaboration with yorgos lanthimos like i the favorite was like my favorite i was really gunning for olivia coleman um this is just one where i'm like i'm also confused at the campaign because like it has such good below the line stuff and i feel like there is an overt reliance on emma stone to really like carry every single aspect of it by her being everywhere and it's like Bradley Cooper's doing that but like he's also the director and like I feel like he gets his people where he needs to be but like this one it's like we I don't know like I feel I'm kind of like I want to see more of a conversation around its crafts and I think I think they do speak for themselves like the cinematography is not 
my favorite just because it's like fisheye and I don't think that's really like outstanding but I think like production design visual effects costumes I think they really help tell this story of Bella coming to life I think it's a great adapted screenplay I like a lot of the choices they went with uh from the novel to the actual story um I think it's I think it's in I don't know if it's like winning any like winning best picture because we saw they did a sturdy with the favorite when it should have won original screenplay and so many other things um I would have said a few months ago that Yorgos is the sneak but I think now that we're inching towards the zone of interest I'm like maybe it's Jonathan Glazer but I don't think Yorgos Anthemos is out of the five I think he's in there um I think it's just everything about it is really undeniable. Sporting actor could either go, it could go either way. It could go both. It could go one. Like I think Willem Dafoe would be great here because he's like Willem Dafoe. And I don't like, there's just so much happening with it that it could just do multiple things. But like, I don't, there's just something that is off to me about the campaign around it that is making me, not feel as strong but like I feel like it's going to be there I just want to see it popping up more it and I felt think it's going to. a lot bigger before for some reason I don't know yeah. it just feels like it didn't hold on to the momentum um yeah but I do want to shout yeah. out the few women that I know that have done interviews for this film uh our friend Jacqueline at Rotten Tomatoes she was able to speak with Yorgos and most of the cast including Emma Stone which is amazing our amazing friend Emma talked to Tony, the screenwriter, Next Best Picture, and then um, Serena at Loud and Clear Reviews. She spoke to Robbie Ryan about the cinematography, and then um, Celia at Fast Company was able to speak to the production designers. So there are like a handful of women who have had conversations about the film with people behind it. So that's exciting. Um, but I, I don't think this is winning picture, but I do think it's way up there. Like I have it at three. Yeah. No, I ha- I'm gonna have it at four once I make my adjustments. I think Yorgos is in director. I think yeah. that this is originally I really thought this was winning screenplay, but now I'm starting to think that Oppenheimer somehow pulls off screenplay director picture. Um, I think Emma Stone could win actress but she would need to start steamrolling absolutely everything like you were saying yeah. and she isn't um i do want to say that Catherine hunter would be like oh my gosh one of the best just like tragedy Macbeth would be like the best supporting actress nominee but it's just not gonna happen um so hear me out i'm quoting hear julian hear me out the the narrative y'all are using for Robert Downey Jr. is the narrative for Willem Dafoe. I don't understand why no one sees it and I'm really tired of the Robert Downey Jr. thing. Um, The only difference is that Willem Dafoe has been in good movies recently. He has been like, I've been here the whole time and making he's been making Marvel movies but he's also been the lighthouse. He's been nominated for I can't even think the of the Van Gogh movie. I saw it in theaters too. Arclight. I wanted to say Love and Winston because I just rewatched it. Um, but like the peasants. Just... <laughs> uh, so, but like the the can't the motivations is there, and then on top of it, he is kind of like 
the audience, like who you lock on to. And I feel like yeah. he is who I wouldn't watch this with my parents, but I think that if you did, this is the character that like, your parents would latch on to. Um, like he has that role. Um, I do think it's weird that I could argue that he could win. But I think Mark Ruffalo is like the safer nomination if only He's one so of them safe. gets in. Yeah. I just think if both of them get in, like I could see Willem Dafoe winning because of like he has a built-in narrative because like he's never won. Um, yeah. And like because the Academy would go out on a limb for him for what is that stupid movie called? I can't believe this it's is the on Eternity. At, at Eternity's Gate. Yeah, like that's a that's a wild like nomination. Yeah, and if they don't go out for that, like hello. Um, but I do think Mark Ruffalo feels like of the two, the one that's in. I really hope that the score gets in. Um, Driskin Fendrix, this is his first score. I feel like it'd be great if it got in. Um, I don't have this in for sound, but Maybe it's for like if this overperforms, like my favorite. Well, also if Johnny, we love Johnny Burns, um, is doing the sound for the Zone of Interest and this, I'm wondering if it's like one, one or the other, yeah, out, and like if the Zone of Interest is a bigger like yeah sound contender. Yeah. Um, I do think the cinematography is in, and I also think that it's in for film editing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's in for visual effects. Yeah. Um, I think this is one thousand percent one or two for costume design and one or two for production design yeah and it's the other one is barbie in those categories um and then i also think it's in for makeup and hairstyling i think it has yeah i would put it there prosthetics everything um at all and then jillian's number one and her oscar predictions for best picture is her number one for her personal Um, lineup obviously it's oppenheimer (laughs) I think this goes across the board. Um, I think it does. There's places it could miss. I think it could miss costume. I think it could miss makeup and hairstyling. Like, I think the de-aging in this is so good. Like, better than the... I think the aging is also good. And I feel like if the conversation is more complete in the makeup and hair for that, like, I 100% would put it in because it's it's divine. Um, I think it's really, like... I I wasn't expecting to get to at this point, but I think it's really Christopher Nolan's year. Like, yeah, I do too. And I at the point where I would, I would be really happy with it, just because like after talking to everyone that he's worked with on this movie, mostly women, like it's just been really inspiring to hear all this come together and like in the way that he wrote the screenplay and like the way that this made so much money and how it's appealed to so many generations based off of like casting and like putting in all these different like genres within one. And like, I think this is like the front runner for editing. I think like the cinematography, like there's just so much that's undeniable that like, I never like what the front runner is, but there's this one. I'm just like, you can't It also feels like it's the front runner, but it's like gaining momentum, which is never the way it feels. Yeah, it's the only film that I feel like has never slowed down. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. There's just so much, like you were saying. And then it's also like the acting, the acting, <laughs> the way that they had to find a way to make black and white IMAX film. Like, there are just so many aspects to this. Um, and like you were talking about, like, you've interviewed so many of the behind the scenes people, but like, 
we went to a Q&A moderated by Janelle from Variety, but like it was all the department heads and then Emma um, just talking about the making of the film. And it's like so many women and just so many of like his crew, like that he just repeatedly works with. And I love that. Um, it feels like a family like makes the film yeah. and it's they have a way of talking about it where everything they do is so technical, but like. If you just showed, like, if I showed the making of to my parents, like, they would yeah, understand everything. And I yeah. feel like that's going to go a long way with getting in all those wins because, like, everybody will understand it. Um, but I think this is winning picture. I think it's winning director. There's a world where it wins adapted screenplay. There's a world where it wins lead actor. There's a world where it wins supporting actor. I don't think it can win um, supporting actress. but. No maybe i just um, think it's also like a timely film and yeah like, like the story is really crucial to yeah. everything we're experiencing now and yeah. um i also think the score is winning ludwig's gonna get a second oscar unless the robbie robertson trajectory continues um i think cinematography because how do you deny that yeah the way the cinematography is utilized to tell the time story it's just funny also when they talk about it like it sounds like an independent film like it yeah. doesn't like the way that Christopher Nolan makes films never sounds like it's a he knows it's going to be a blockbuster but there's just such like he still feels like a first-time filmmaker in a way or like he's in his younger days and it's just like I don't know just like hearing his crew talk about it is just so insane of what they pulled off with this yeah it's really crazy and then I also feel like it's winning sound um it's unfortunate I was disqualified from visual not disqualified just didn't make the 20 runner in the list for visual effect finalists um and then I do think it's in contention to be nominated for production design costume design and hair yeah. and makeup I do think it'll get into hair and makeup but we will see but the Oppen homies are really living this year. We're They're, having the best time. Um, Finally, I like a movie that's popular. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> a good time for your tapes to line up. It's been rough. It's been rough. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just briefly shout out the color purple and past lives. Um, I have them in my ten. Um, because I took out Anatomy of a Fall. Um, but I guess we need to shout out all of the strangers as well. That feels like it could show up in many categories, including yeah. actor. I do think I think all of us strangers is a big contender for adapted screenplay, not to win to be, to be nominated. Um, Past lives feels like it could get picture, original screenplay, maybe one acting performance um its biggest chance feels like Greta Lee but lead yeah. actress just feels but I do think she's really in contention um and maybe the original score I feel like that's a one that's really like yeah. hung on um but the color purple I'm curious like how the industry really receives it um like if it'll pick up momentum there but Danielle Brooks Danielle Brooks is incredible um as is Fantasia and as is Taraji um like we could see two supporting actress nominees there um and I do think that the color purple may be um 
costume design because it's like period pieces um and i also think that that might be dan lauston's cinematography nomination even though i would prefer john wick chapter four but i feel like it's the same thing we were talking about with the sound for um zone of interest and poor things like maybe it's one or the other and i feel like color purple is probably going to be a best picture nominee so that cinematography nomination makes more sense um and i feel like blitz is kind of like in the director's conversation especially like a big musical adaptation feels like something we need to keep our eye on and i really think this movie is going to be like a huge thing with families over like i know my family would love it um and everyone on my screening cried a lot myself included (laughs) so and hallie bailey just feels like the the girl the girl of the year and her actors and actors was incredible with rachel zegler and um yeah, I feel like I feel like there's something for everyone in the color purple, and I feel like that's why I still have it in my ten, even if it's like not as critically acclaimed as people thought. I feel like it's still like so well made. And everybody's talking about Danielle, and I just feel like that. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those last three, and then um, really past lives. Um, and I really want to shout out. A lot of people are thinking Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Um, they just had that huge screening at the Academy Museum with the orchestra. Um, Jillian and I are huge Iron Claw girlies. Still finalizing the fan base name, but I feel like that um, that might be a surprise. I think that that, that could be, be a surprise box office hit. Yeah, perhaps. That's why I feel about like that in the color purple. I feel like once people can see them, then I'll start like yeah. Um, the Iron Claw getting MBR being, um, the ensemble. I feel like this is. It's it. There's some momentum there. Um, yeah. I hope it continues. Um, I hope Zac Efron. We wake up to a Golden Globe nomination. Um, but yeah, that's our current breakdown of the best picture contenders the way we see it. Um, if you want to yell at us, please don't. Um, Jillian, why don't you plug yourself and also include a Oscar nomination that you really hope for? Um, I feel like this would never happen, but I would honestly love like Jamie Bell from All of Us Strangers and Supporting. Um, I just that was my takeaway from that film was he's amazing. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jillian Chili and on TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. Amazing. Um, people are amazing. <laughs> i'm so sorry um my one oscar prediction that i really hope for is the iron claw in film editing i really love it so much um you can follow me at kinsvenunu on all social media platforms um you can follow oscar central at the website oscarcentral.com and on all social media platforms at oscars underscore central I just want to say thank you again to everyone who's like really supported us this last year. We've seen such amazing growth and I'm really proud of everyone who writes for the site, including Jillian, our awards editor. And yeah, I'm really excited to see the way the rest of the season shakes out. So please subscribe to the podcast because we are back and I'm really excited about it. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you.